there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, buddy. Good to be back. UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I are finally together. I've been traveling and um, I just I was driving from uh, uh, L.A. to San Francisco or no San Diego to L.A. or whatever I was going. And I had an event. So that's why I wasn't on Wednesday. I'm babbling. Well, I mean, I miss you. I was going to text you. I was you should have. You on Sunday because I'm like, I have a little little Jimmy Bird withdrawals. I haven't seen you, man. I know. I know it's been a couple of weeks. Um, I'll tell you, you look very refreshed. Did you have a good time? What did you do? I look fat. I, I I got fatter, but I did I did do some cardio. Yeah, I had a great time. I did um, a gig in San Francisco, and I had time off before then, and I had a one day event in San Diego, so I stayed out on the West Coast for about ten days. It was nice. It was needed. You know, sometimes you need that, man. Life is like passing the guard. You know, it requires balance. Sorry, I guess so. Right? Oh, that's a jujitsu. Yeah. But um, hey man, I'm happy to see you, dude. Me too, buddy. You know, I told you that my my set I'm set for that operation, no? You didn't give me any details. No, I haven't talked to you since. Oh, just to get you up on things. Yeah, June twenty eighth, I'm getting that knee replaced. Okay. And where are you doing? Here in New York? Yeah, I'm gonna do it in Manhattan. It's fucking it sounds depressing. No, I'm happy. I'm I'm glad to hear it. I mean eventually I will be walking the way I'm walking. It's great news. Are you doing one at a time? Which one are you doing first? Well, I'm going to do the left first. I mean, dude, you can flip a coin and which one's worse. But I'll do the left first, and then three months later, I'll do the right. You know, within a year, I'll be back. <laughs> within a year. It sounds fucked up. That's fine. Yeah, by the end of the year, by the holidays, you'll be all good. F yeah, dude. I'll be you can walk around, eat the big calzone, whatever you want. Well, Your legs will be fine. Exactly. You know, I can sprint to the pizza shop. <laughs> yeah, you know no. Uh, we're going to talk about the fights over the weekend. Yes. And, and we have Curtis Blades and Brian Barbarina coming on later on. 
yes. which is very exciting. We, we also have Anthony Cavallaro. Uh, he's on Righteous Gemstone, and uh, he also played Ozzy in The Dirt, which really makes me happy. He was good. Now, you should be a good judge if he was a good Ozzy or not. I thought he was a good Ozzy, yeah. I don't remember the movie well, but I remember the Ozzy moments, and I remember thinking he did a really good job. We should bring him in. And he's a big UFC fan. I could do a good Ozzy. Sharon! <laughs> right? Close yes. your eyes. Close your eyes. Sharon, you're all mad. But not mad like angry, mad like... Honestly, I gotta be honest, that was really good, Matt. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good, buddy. Sorry, do you like going by Anthony or Tony? Tony's good. Awesome, Tony. Tony, uh, my, my, my buddy Jimmy was telling me how, how much he was impressed with you playing Ozzy. Yes. Oh, man. Thanks so much, Jim. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, that, was, that was a blast, dude. That was like, that was one of those like uh, one days of work within an eight month span. So very grateful. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird too. Now, did somebody pick you to go for that or did you just kind of, uh, did you just audition for it or did somebody, I think he would be good for this? No, man. I just got the breakdown from my agent one day and I was like, I'd never done an Aussie impression or anything like that. And, uh, it was kind of, it was one of those ones where I got it and I was like, oh fuck, this could be so fun. And I can't remember if I think I was working on a Nickelodeon show at the time, if it had just been canceled or we were right on the cusp of being canceled. So I was like, well, this will be the perfect like breakout thing to get out of the kids world. And, uh, just went full tilt you know, in a dress for the audition, the eyeliner, watching videos of him from the 80s. Yeah. And um, it was really rad, man. It was so fun. What, uh, what Nickelodeon show were you on? School of Rock. I played the Jack Black part in the TV oh. show. Oh, was that, was that on, I mean, was that on the air for a while? I mean, it was after my time. Yeah, we did, we did three seasons of that. Oh, shit, man. That must have been, that must have been big because that, that movie was a big movie. It was huge, dude. It was huge. It, it, and, and like when it first happened, it was like, holy shit. And then like, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember, there was like that Viacom shakeup and like a bunch of people were getting fired and there was kind of like, so it ended up kind of getting a little lost in that whole thing. Like, you know, with TV shows, you really got to have like a chaperone, somebody really to champion mm -hmm. you. And even though that like property was so huge and I've been like such a fan of Jack Black's and that film, you know, since it came out, it's still, you know, it was still a great time, but I feel like it kind of got lost in the mix. And I feel like even now people are like, wait, they did a Nickelodeon show. This is the worst is when the person who greenlit the thing you're on leaves the company. Then the new person wants the shit that they green light to be there because that's still the success of the old regime. That's exactly what happened. Jeff. Yeah, Ex exactly what happened. Is there anything worse than when someone likes you at a network and they leave like everyone <laughs> I am the kiss of death. Anybody who's ever liked me at HBO or Comedy Central, they always leave as soon as I start to get rolling or they get fired. Yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I think you're working, bro. I think you're working. Yeah. yeah. So, um, was that your first big like gig? Did you start as like, a, as like a childhood actor type thing or? Not at all, man. I, I grew up. Um, I grew up a jock in Northern Virginia, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I did. I. Uh, I uh, I actually, I went to military college and then I, I, I graduated from VMI out there and uh, ended up moving to LA 
And the Grammys uh, is an improv thing. What yeah, they're really respected. Yeah, wasn't Alan yeah. Alda? Was is Alan Alda Groundling? I think Alan's a Second City guy, but like Pee Wee Herman was created there. Elvira was created there. Will Ferrell started there. Melissa McCarthy, Will Forte, Maya Rudolph, Lisa Kudrow. Oh, wow. I love Lisa Kudrow, by the way. The Comeback is the most underrated show ever. The Comeback first and second season. What is that about? Such a great show. It's an actress who's making a comeback and they shoot her comeback as a reality show. So it's like a kind of this... um, they're making fun of the new show she's supposed to be doing and her reality show. It's really, really good. She's brilliant. In herself? It. She plays herself in it? Yeah. No, no, she plays Valerie Cherish. But in, um, and by the way, I wanted to ask you about military school because uh, one of my favorite movies growing up was Taps. Now, I know that that was a high school and you went to college. Was it anything like Taps or The, Lord of, uh, the Lords of Discipline or any of those films? Yeah, I'd say it's more Lords of Discipline now. The rumor is Lourdes of Discipline is, is based off an experience at the Citadel, I believe. Um, so I went to the rival school of the Citadel and almost, I mean, almost wrestled uh, D1 at VMI. The coach had, had, had talked to me a couple times there, but I was already playing lacrosse there. So the idea of throwing collegiate wrestling onto the docket was insane. But yeah, so I moved to LA and that School of Rock thing happened almost eight years to the day wow. after moving to Los Angeles. So that was like October of 2014, I believe. And I had moved out here in September of 20, of 2006. How did it feel like when you knew you landed that role and were the other ground league groundling like improv people like a supporter were like, ah, fuck, should have been me. Uh, I don't know personally, but I know uh, any anyone that books work from. I mean, that's why I wanted to be there is because the people that are in the main company there, they work, you know, and so that's that's the goal. So I think the more people that work there, like, I mean, when Melissa McCarthy won her Oscar and when Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo and all of those ladies did such a kick ass job with Bridesmaids, like the school, like experienced this like rush of people wanting to go there and take classes. And, and I mean, uh, they met, must have made millions and millions of dollars those, those following years after the success of that film. So I think, you know, success begets success at the Groundlings for, oh, go ahead, Jim. No, 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 no. I was, was going to say what you're saying is, is, is good too. And I, I also wanted to mention that you're a black belt in Taekwondo and you're a big fight fan too. Like it's, you have a, a variety of things that you like to do. Um, what, what is it about UFC that you like so much? Is it just the fact that you like mixed martial arts or is this the only, the only form of it you've watched? Uh, I think for me, I mean, I have such a distinct memory. So, um, you know, when I was a little kid, my mom put me in dance when I was five years old and I loved it. I love to perform. But then, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out right afterwards and we were broke, so I had to pick between dance or martial arts. And my brother had already taken a couple of years of martial arts, and I just completely fell in love with it. My brother and I, we had these two amazing instructors, Elsa Cordero and Arlene Lemus. And Arlene Lemus won a gold medal at the 88 Olympics for Taekwondo. So we did Olympic-style Taekwondo. I did it for like 12 years. And same with my brother, and we traveled nationally for for tournaments all across the country and it was just such a great foundation of respect and discipline and you know 
also like body discipline and coordination. And, you know, I was a little fat kid, you know, I was, you know, That's I remember what I am now. How's <laughs> <laughs> you say that about me? You're funny. But, you know, for me, it was just such a great foundation for everything. You know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, for military school, scouts, you know, even for the business that we work in, it's just, you know, you don't, you don't get that uh, cordial politeness all the time. And, and it, it was just instilled so early and also just, you know, the, the competitive edge, you know, and then that led to high school where I did, you know, football, wrestling and lacrosse all, you know, all throughout high school. And, and uh, you know, especially obviously in, in wrestling when it was back to, you know, one-on-one mano a mano, you know, uh, just a totally, you know, different experience, but I felt very lucky to have that kind of, uh, that background, uh, in martial arts early on, you know, and that's why I think, you know, to circle around, like, I remember I showed up at the karate school one day, we, it must've been spring break or summer or something. And my buddy Gio, who actually lives out here, he's a stuntman. All my martial arts buddies are out here in LA. They're all like hugely famous stunt guys. It's crazy. Virginia to Los Angeles, but Gio showed up. And he had this bootleg VHS tape of UFC one. There you go. And dude, it was like game over, man. Hoist Gracie and Ken Shamrock and um, the big, the sumo wrestler dude. And there was like a, a kickboxer that was like 75 pounds overweight. And this like Belgian bodyguard who I think was in the finals uh, versus Hoist Gracie. But I mean, I could basically tell you every fight. I mean, we must have watched that tape a hundred times. Wait, holy fuck. Who's the Belgian bodyguard? That's what I... Dude. I was with you until I heard the Belgian bodyguard. Who is this? Google this mysterious guy. fighter. The Belgian bodyguard. Listen, yeah, dude. I, I, know, I know what it's like, Tony. When you first see... How old are you? How old are you? 38. All right. So, like... Well, I'm a little bit older than you, but when you were growing up, you didn't really, re- I mean, we didn't really know what fighting was, right? I mean, look at this. So now when you found this, you were probably like, whoa, that's what everybody was like. What is blood sport, but for real? Except a little Exactly. Skin- everybody. That's crazy, man. Mind blowing. I just looked it up and I'm also getting uh, Gerard Gordeaux. That's who it is. It was Gerard Gordeaux. Yeah. Yes. He was a dirty fighter, man. Dirty fighter. He was trying to bite Hoist Gracie's ear, man. He's trying to bite and, him. And, and not only that, but like there was a rumor that he was actually like a hitman in Belgium, not just like a bodyguard. Hey, dude, I wouldn't, I would I listen, that guy, he also fought a little Japanese fighter named um Yuki Kondo, uh, not Yuki Kondo. It um said father, I'm gonna know it later on. But um he ended up jamming the guys, the guy lost his eye. This is before this. Oh, yes. Yeah. I read about this when yeah. I was when I was getting ready for this because I wanted to like Yuki get back up today. Yes. Yuki Nakai. And he Ooh, lost I, his eye for real, huh? Lost his eye. I grappled him. He visited Henzo's once. Yuki Nakai. What a whole Japanese like press with him. He wanted to grapple Henzo. And I was there running class. So Henzo goes, Whoa. man, that, you get it. <laughs> so I ended up rolling with that guy. He was in the Japanese papers. Nice guy. Little guy. And uh, yeah. Nixon actually beat him in the Valley Tudo. This is real old school shit, right? Now. But uh, have you watched recently anything, Tony? You've been watching? 
Not nearly as much. You know, it's one of those things where if I go over my friend, Alana is, is big in the UFC. I, I, I think she was um, doing PR for Connor for a while. So, you know, I catch up with that kind of stuff, but you know, it's one of those things where if it's on, I watch it as much as yeah. possible, but I think, you know, it really just kind of goes like, I, I just love, you know, I, I loved wrestling. It was one of those things that just came so naturally to me. Yeah. Cause I didn't wrestle until my brother always told me all the wrestlers were crazy. So <laughs> I didn't do it my freshman year, but then sophomore year came around. And I still had all that. I was like 220 oh, wow. as a freshman at high school. And so I, I, I wrestled and I ended up wrestling like 171, you know? So for me, it's really interesting to see the, the, the pieces of, of martial arts from when I was real young, you know, the striking and the kicking pieces and then the on ground stuff, grappling pieces come together and like, you know, just kind of this collection of, of things that I kind of grew up loving and, and doing, you know, what do you have? I know the school of rock things over. What do you got coming up? You got something going on. You want to promote something? Did you, are you, are you, what are you in? What are you on right now? The gym, what is what I read before? Right, the gemstones. Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, I'm sorry, I haven't seen the show, but I will check it out now that I know you. Oh, Matt, Matt, I think you're gonna love it, man. Please you're gonna dig it. Dude. Give me the premise. So, and else is the premise. Oh, it's oh, it's easy. So it's another Danny McBride piece. So I mean, totally brilliant. It's about a televangelist family in the South, the Gemstones, and John Goodman plays the patriarch of the family, and then his three kids are Danny McBride. Adam Devine and the brilliant Edie Patterson. And um, they all have like their significant others. And I kind of play like the best friend slash significant other to Adam Devine's character. Who's like the youngest gemstone. Who's trying to, you know, make himself known and, and cement his peace in the family as a, as a strong youth pastor pastor. But I'm like the first guy he saved. I, I, I play an ex Satanist turned youth outreach minister, Keith, on the show. Now, I used to watch Eastbound and Down, which I thought was hysterical and totally off the fucking wall, which was, I loved it. I still go back and watch that sometimes. How naughty is this show? Is Does it get pretty pretty far or no? I mean, I mean right, is- the, the, it, it's the same, you know, it's the same guys, the same creators of, as Eastbound. I just, oh. the world is bigger. And I think the voice has evolved. You know, this, you know, it, 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 the show is just so huge. I mean, as far as, you know, stunts and castings, I mean, this season we had Eric Andre and Eric Roberts and Jessica Lowe. I mean, it's just packed and Macaulay Culkin and uh, Jason Schwartzman. And then the cast itself, I mean, Cassidy Freeman and Tim Baltz, Adam Devine, like I said, Danny Walton Goggins. It's just, it's a bananas. It's on HBO Max, buddy, Tony? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking A, man. I need something new. I'm in. Is there anybody, by the way, anybody funnier than Walton Goggins? How fucking great is Walton Goggins every single time? Dude, that guy is like the commitment king. First time, <laughs> first time I met him, man, my wife and I, because we shoot the whole thing in Charleston, South Carolina. So we're out there for a few months. And my wife and I, we were walking our, our dogs on the beach. And uh, we see this guy and he's kind of walking and he's memorizing his lines and it's Walton. And, and I'm like, hey, uh, Walton, I'm Tony, I'm playing this. And he doesn't break character the entire time. He's like, hey, well, yeah, yeah, nice to meet you. You know, 
it's like, holy shit. He's like, sorry, running my lines and like continued on the beach. It wasn't like until like the first little cast party that I got a real slice of Walton, man. But that guy commits. I mean, that guy would be a great fighter in the ring because you would not be able to break that guy's concentration, man. Who, who do you, who's your favorite guy now? Is, do you have a favorite guy you watch or, or is it, who do you enjoy watching at this point? I mean, I love um, the big guy, Jones. He's really awesome to watch. You know, I, I still personally, I like a lot of the guys that, you know, the on ground stuff just doesn't interest me as much. I think it's because I lost in in the regional finals and in the state semifinals to guys to the tall, lanky guys that would just put me down and put me in double grapes and I'd be toast, <laughs> you know. So I, I love, uh, you know, I know, I know he's kind of out of the business, but actually one of my martial arts buddies, Arnold, is a, a, a striker trainer. I know he worked with Tyrone Woodley. I know he's out for a little bit, but you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, watch a little bit more. Like I said, you know, before this, I just, I was so passionate early on, you know, with, uh, with that UFC one and even kind of continuing um, in like to the first, like four or five of them, um, Dan Severn. And yeah. who was the other dude with the mustache that had that Don crazy Trump. fight? Don dude. Trump. Yeah, Bro, you know, that fight, yeah. that 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 fight he had with the Japanese yeah, guy. Where oh, I think he met recently with somebody in the stands. Did he just hit somebody in the stands recently? He's he the did, fucking he best on fight. He did. He gave me old. He gave me old Bill oh, Smith. I think he oh, he's the best. The hey, what'd you think of Bill Smith and Chris Rock the other night? What'd you think of that? I don't know, man. I don't know. Comedians are are gonna do what comedians do. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he knew that she had some kind of sickness. Alopecia. He probably didn't know it. I don't believe he would know, say that. If he but did. even if he did, you can't hit him. You can just, you know, you can't strike the guy. You can't walk on live television and slap him. He went up there and he smacked him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And at first you thought it was part of the, you almost thought it was part. The way it I happened, mean, we were all, I was like here with my, my in-laws. Like staged until the incredibly awkwardness, like the incredible awkwardness right afterwards where it's like, he starts saying, don't, you know, don't mention his wife and some, you know, he's saying it and then, oh my goodness. How awkward, Jimmy, as a comedian, Chris Rock is up there and you're in his shoes. What would you do? What I, here's what I would do. I would collapse on the stage and not move until my lawyers arrived. I would, I would, I would be still in the hospital. I would have my legs up. Oh, I would Will Smith, however many houses he has, I would own them. Oh, you bet I would collapse and sue. You are so hysterical. <laughs> but I mean, I feel kind of bad for Chris Rock. I felt terrible like, for him. I, I, I really love Chris. Yeah. Do. He tried to save the day. At, yeah. thought at one point, you've seen him like want to say something like, I like, you know, yeah. and they kind of controlled himself because maybe he thought he'd be out of Hollywood. Who knows? We're, listen. He was just in shock. I think Chris was in shock. Uh, total shock. And I just, I mean, I'm also just like, he, he took that hit and kept, I mean, kept going. And I mean, that was not a soft blow. It was a you slap, know, yeah, I just slap. was like, it was a tough slap from Will Smith is a big dude who's done boxing training, fight training. I mean, that guy is trained for everything, you That's know, right. uh, I, you know, the guy played freaking Muhammad Ali, you know? Like, That's right. It's funny how nobody's calling him out for being a bully. Like he literally just slapped a, a smaller guy 
And nobody's pointing out the fact that he's a bully. Like he walked over and just slapped the shit out of a guy who's smaller. Because believe me, and it's been pointed out on Twitter, so it's not an original thought. But if Rogan had delivered that joke, Will would have stayed in his seat. He would not have gotten up. It's true. Like, oh, God. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, there's not a lot of, like, I don't know, like another comedian around his size or bigger. I mean, Chris Rock isn't, the, you know. Slight of frame. Exactly. Right. The whole thing just unfortunate, unfortunate. All right, Tony. Look, Baron, good luck with Righteous Gemstones. Congratulations on season three. It is a huge show, and um, you're really great on it, and, and uh, I'm happy for you, man. Thank you guys so much. This was such a blast. You all are both awesome. Nice all to right, take care of yourself, man. Be good. Okay, you two guys. Later. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Brian Barbarino! Hey, Brian. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, dude, first of all, Nice to meet you, man. We haven't had you on this show before. No, I've never been on. I appreciate you guys having me on. Jimmy, can I just say, first of all, I I was shocked because the part not shocked by your fight with Matt Brown, because I expect everybody expected pretty much what they got. It lives. A lot of fights don't live up to the hype. When you see a matchmaking like this guy versus this guy, sometimes you're like, oh, and if it falls flat, it doesn't live up to it. We hear we hear about it. Well, this one lived up to it. What a fucking fight by Brian Barbarina. I can't stop saying his last name. I love it. I know. You look, by the way, you look pretty fucking incredibly unscathed considering those that, that, that those three rounds you went. You're a little marked, but you don't look too bad. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Uh, he got me, I think, towards the in the third round with that one good elbow uh, that cut me open, a little scratch on the nose, but nothing too serious. I'm not too banged up. Uh, body feels fairly good. And yeah. This is what I was shocked about. This, this is what shocked is after the fight, the crowd was brutal, and I know what it's like. And Jimmy, if you could hear the booze at home, oh, I have, Matt. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, not, not, not use the chip. Jimmy's, Jimmy's used to the booze. I want to get Jimmy. But look, when you're in the center of the cage, and Brian, you can attest to this. You, it's almost deafening. It's almost deafening. You have a hard time hearing people right next to you, right or wrong. Yeah, right, right, one hundred percent. I, you, he, well, Jimmy, he won the crowd over. Like, I'm expecting, because when you watch him fight, and he's got the hair and the beard, Barbarina looks a little bit like a barbarian. I mean, not not in a good way, not in a bad way. You're fighting in a cage. It's a compliment. So when you, I was expecting something out of Raging Al's book, where you're booing me, fuck you, and I was expecting (laughs) something, you know what I mean? But then you're sitting there like, listen, you're a blue-collar, you know, people out here, and I'm going to go home to my farm, my family. 
they were they were cheering him, Jimmy. He turned him around. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. They were pretty crazy. It was pretty wild out there. And uh, you know, I expected the booing, but I didn't expect so much after the fight, especially the way the way the fight went. Like uh, you know, we went out there and put on a war. I thought we'd gain, you know, I'd gain some more respect as far as like people cheering for me. Uh yeah. And then you know, after it didn't it didn't matter. It didn't matter that they booed, it didn't matter what they do. Uh but in the end, I still, you know, I respect Matt Brown. I respect where he's from. I respect the Columbus. And, uh, you know, that's what it was all about. And, you know, I was glad that even at the end, I got to say that to them. And still took some booze, but I think, uh, you know, overall happy. Well, I think if it wasn't a split decision, you know, any time that the, because the fans have that hope, like everything that, that Matt threw, they were going crazy for. Like they were like every time uh, he would take you that everything he did, they were going crazy. It was like literally a second by second uh, um, explosion from the audience every time Matt did anything. So I, th- I think the fact that it was a split decision is probably what uh, upset them so much. But I did think you deserved the win. Oh, it froze. Okay, he did for, for a second. I thought my question was so bad that he was just stunned and looking. <laughs> you, he must have just pulled into the shed in his farm. They're going to remove you and have you rejoin, Brian. Um, we'll get you back in just a second. That was a goddamn good fight, too, man. That was a great fight. I mean, who, how do you not love Matt Brown? I'll, I'll tell you, first of all, 41 years Matt, old. Matt Brown's stock doesn't go down. It was no. a very close fight. And when you yep. put those takedowns, yeah. it, was, it was, I mean, I didn't know actually who they were going to give it to. And, yeah. Brian, no, I mean, and listen, I don't think you could play me either way if it went that by which way, but I really was impressed even the way he handled himself on that mic. I thought it was going to go to Brian. I, if, and if I remember correctly, Matt, it was because of literally the last 30 seconds of the third round. Like it was so close. And then he just did something extra in those last few seconds and finished it more aggressively. I think Matt was just that tired. And I thought like, all right, that might've gotten him the nod. I mean, I thought the fight was that close. Oh, man, it was one of those bomb birds. What'd you think about uh, Neil Magny's split decision win? I kind of thought that he, uh, I thought Max Griffin had such a good first round, but Magny, I think, did, did take second and in, 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 in the third. It was very close, though. It, it, it was a close fight. Uh, that's another one. I think they gave Max Griffin his win bonus, though. I'm, I'm not sure. We should check in. Guys, look for that. See if they gave him his win bonus, Max Griffin. Really? I'm going to say they might have. I thought I saw him say something about that, but I'm not positive. Oh, okay. But uh, I want to hear about his farm. I want to. Yeah. Know, I want to know what's on. Well, there. until he gets in there, uh, what do you think about Alexa Grasso uh, over Joanne with that round one uh, submission? I thought of you. I always think of you when there's a sub. I mean, I loved it. You know, we had her on last week when I was on here with Phoenix. You know, and uh, you know she she was talking about how she got every you know up to her game with everything, grappling and jiu-jitsu was on point. And oh, now we got a visual. Let's you can kind of see him. This is a damn shame because we want to talk to you, Brian. Brian. I know. If Brian is in a, a no reception area, which happens, yeah. if it happens like that, and if we have to have him on another time, we can always do that. Because I would love to have Brian when he's stationary so we could talk to him. He's a really interesting guy. 100%. I want to hear about the farm. By the way, congrats to Kai Kara France over uh, uh, Oscar Osterhoff. That was an incredible fight. Um, and what a little fuck. I like that Cormier kept calling him a dog. And that's what he is. He's a little, a little fucking savage dog. What a fun guy to watch. Well, I mean, listen, he's coming off that before this, the knockout of Cody, which was uh, Cody Garbrandt. Insane. So, you know, they, listen, that, that, uh, city, city kickboxing, man, they're, they're on point. Yeah. You know what I mean? What'd you think of Gutierrez uh, with that fucking spinning back fist? Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, what's up with that lately, dude? I'm getting flashbacks between that and Meatball Mal- Maloney. I mean, there's the spinning. When they, you know, when they had these spinning back, when they, a spinning back fist at the right time, is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. 
and pretty painful. Oh, well, listen, we're going to have Brian Barbarian on again another time, but we we'll have, have to, yes. We have Curtis Blades on, and yeah. I cannot wait to talk to Curtis Blades. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Curtis Blades, congratulations. Curtis Blades. Well, as like Jimmy said, congrats. Can I can I see what shirt you're wearing there, sir? Please, please. Oh my goodness, Curtis. Let me tell you something. As we have a lot in common. We're both grapplers with heavy hands that like comic books. Let me ask you something. Before we get into your before we get into your massive win, which I always knew you were capable of. I'm not being that guy to be like, oh, look, I always said Jimmy. I always say Kurt said Curtis has heavy hands. Yes. But he's such a stud wrestler. He's almost like, yeah, why should I exchange? I can pepper him up and just take him down and smash him with elbows. But dude, sometimes. But wait, hold on. First of all, we're gonna get into this. But I with my ADD, have you seen the Batman yet? Yeah. Saw it last week. What did you think? We're gonna get back to your fight. What did you think? I love that he wasn't like. Like the, the other Batman movies, he's almost more like Iron Man. Like he's so rich. He has like the technology. He has all this help. He doesn't have to be like Batman. In this new movie, he had to do all the groundwork. He didn't have all the crazy technology. Even the grappling hooks, it looked like real old school. And so I liked it. Yeah, you heard Matt Reeves when he talked about it. Like even when he like when he got to the top of the when the police were after him and he tried to yeah. escape that. When he, he went up to one of those, Jimmy, you know those, um, the things that uh, Cowboy Cerrone wants to do, those body suits? Oh, he, yeah, yeah, those, those wing suits, yeah. And when you've seen it, it's not like he went up there all fearless. You've seen him almost get a little scared. Robin Patterson was great. Yeah. Right, Curtis? Yes. You've seen him almost, like, shiver, like, oh, fuck, That's what real. am I doing? And then he gets that thing on, and he, and then he took a beating when he fell down. He, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, it was a great, listen to Curtis. He knows a good movie. Yeah. You know? Hey. And it's not George Clooney, Jimmy. Uh, in, in the moment, was he, I thought which I thought he was the best Batman. This is this is what you're gonna lose. Jimmy, are you anti Batman? No, I'm just pro Joker. Uh, I'm definitely not anti Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've never loved any of the Batman movies except for the villains. Um, Jimmy, you would like this? He's like a serial killer. Like I'll a, watch it. I will. Seven Zodiac. It's that kind of vibe. He's like, okay. Batman and all the other movies. They never really highlighted. He, what he was, the world's greatest detective, F. Yes. Sherlock Holmes. That's what he was known yeah. as. And now they show the detective work. And this is what I want you to do, Curtis, if you haven't seen it yet. 
Go to YouTube and watch a deleted scene. Oh, I watched it. I watched oh. it. Doesn't that yeah. make more sense now when yes. you watch the ending scene? Yeah, it makes it, a lot more sense. It, and, and it's so much better. Yeah. The I think the best part about it is that they didn't make them all smooth and all suave. Like, why would a rich, smooth, suave dude who gets all these girls, why is he being a vigilante? That's not him. It made him be like, he's almost on the spectrum. Like He's a little weird. Jimmy's on the spectrum. But listen, a I'm sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy, I'm sorry. It best Curtis, okay, but I'm not a hero. Curtis, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, I, I do wear tights, though. Um, and, wait, before we get to his massive wit, yes. I just want to tell you to watch one movie that I guarantee you will enjoy, Curtis. The, it's the most uh, underrated superhero movie ever. Jimmy, stop saying something silly because I know you got something in your head. I'm not. Do no, not I'm, say Green Lantern. Do not say Green Lantern. Oh, I've never seen it. Green Lantern, I'll, I'll, I'll jump out my window. No. <laughs> it is Dread. Not Judge Dread. Oh, I love Dread. I love Dread. I've seen it. Yeah. No oh, good. So good. <laughs> we channeled it. We could have been hanging out ages ago, me and Curtis. This is fucking great. Now, let's get to the fight. <laughs> we know our taste in movies are on point. Yeah. Uh, Man, I'll tell you, it's almost like it's not. Have you ever had any standing KOs before? Besides, wait, who, wait, wait. I'm, oh, Junior DeSantos, right? Yeah, I guess that one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But man, it has something changed in the point where you didn't go for one takedown? Was that the plan? Um, the plan was I was talking with my coaches. They were like, we're not going to force anything. That's what got me. That's what got me knocked out with Derek Lewis. I forced it. It was organic. I didn't set it up. I did everything wrong. So this time, we were going to wait. I was prepared to be on my feet for however long we needed to wait. I wanted the perfect shot. But when I took him down, I wanted to be able to... I, I was actually hoping to get a darts. I've been drilling the hell out of my darts at half guard. That was originally the game plan. Like I wanted the bonus, but I wanted the bonus because of the darts. But it just happened. It was organic. Like, that um the the right that I hit him with, I wasn't expecting that to put him down. That was just organic. How did it feel when it connected, Curtis? It felt like it didn't even hit him. Like I expected there to be a lot more resistance. And he just he was down and I I pounced on it and it, it felt great. This so is, you didn't you didn't necessarily want to make a statement with striking. It was just this is kind of how this worked out. You but your the game plan yeah. was to put him on the ground. Eventually, but we just we weren't going to force. I wanted to like pepper him up, pepper him up, like pump fake him and get him to blitz me and give up his hips and get an easy one. There's some grapplers out there, whether they're jiu-jitsu based, wrestling based, where they need to get that fight to the floor. And that's where they are the, the most threatening. Now, people seen your elbow with <laughs> Alistair Overeem, who's your buddy now. They've seen your ground and pound, your submissions down there. You are blessed with reach and heavy hands. I always knew you had heavy hands. So because they're so frightened of the floor, man, you could unleash. This is, the, this is, this is Curtis Blades 2.0. This could be a totally different career from here on out. Not that you have to listen. You're having a great fucking career. But I'm trying to say, that this is this something changed it's here. It's an evolution. It's, it's an evolution. evolution is the word I'm looking for of Curtis Blades. I'm telling you, man, I can relate, bro, because my whole thing was taking guys down and smoking them like a doobie. And then 
first of all, the, the, the takedowns are exhausting. So as yeah. I was getting older and I was fighting big dudes, I'm like, fuck. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm, why am I trying to take down Shorty Carter and Speedos? I should have punched him in the face. It, 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 took, it took me another backfist to figure out. Here it, is. it took you one uppercut. It took me like five backfists to figure out that we got some soup bones here. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what's next. And, and Curtis, can I ask you too? You said you rushed things or tried to force things against uh, Derek uh, Lewis. What what happened? What do you mean? What were you What, what were you trying to force in the moment? The I forced it. That that takedown that led to the uppercut. If you watch it, I. I'm on I'm on the line. I'm on his line and I'm not at an angle. I'm just high low and high low. I just go. I don't put out a jab. I don't pump fake. I just go. I force. I'm like, I want his leg over this leg. It has to be organic. You have to set it up. Like the best takedowns I've gotten usually happen off a counter. Like I jab, then they throw a big hook and then I'm I'm under the hips. That's not what I did again. Eric Lewis. I didn't have what I mean by forces. I have this like I don't know if every uh, guy in MMA that has a wrestling background has this in their head. I have like a timer in my head. Like okay, you've been on your feet now for three minutes. Let's get it on the ground. And that was happening in the Derek Lewis fight. I did not believe. I was like, eventually it's going to get me. It's going to get. And it's almost like I have a sports. a sports psychologist, and he always tells me the thing that you that you work hardest to avoid. Sometimes it works in the opposite. Like you end up getting there. I forget how he said it, but like if you avoid a rainy day and you just you don't go outside for weeks and weeks, eventually you're going to set yourself up for a rainy day. And that's what I did. I I I. Forced it because I was I was so cognizant of his hands, and I forced the wrestling. I ended up eating an uppercut, and I it probably wouldn't happen had I stayed on my feet. Because I rewatched that first round, I destroyed him. He he didn't even touch me. Uh, but did you have not enough confidence in your hands? Because um, Matt really has yeah. always said what heavy hands you have, and it's it's very obvious to anyone that's watched you. But did you have like a little less confidence than you should have? Yeah. I I sh- I should have been w- way more confident. I let I let old bad habits uh, weaken my own confidence in my strike. I I let this mentality. I'm a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. I have to wrestle. I've I've removed that out of my vocabulary. I'm not a wrestler. I fight. I'm a well-rounded mixed martial artist. I don't have to wrestle. I wrestle. When I want to, I never need to wrestle. That's like the mentality I have now. And I'll tell you, that door choke's going to come a lot easier because you're going to be striking them. They're going to be shooting on you. So they'll be setting that fucking... That would be nice, That would be nice. And it's a nice freedom, I'm sure. And there's not as many heavyweights that have had that freedom. I mean, Verdum had it where he could just, again, throw without any fear of being taken down. And there's not as many guys that have that complete freedom. So I think that's a huge advantage for you if if you're striking more. Yeah, and I think it it happened in the fight. The same thing that happened to me with Eric Lewis, it happened to Dawkins. He was so cognizant of the wrestling. Watch out for the wrestling, watch out for the wrestling. He forgot about the striking. What do you, who do you see as next for you? Because I believe you're number four right now. Um, I, I think you are. And uh, 
who's ahead of you? It's uh, obviously it's Francis Cyril. Uh, oh, okay, Ty and, and Stipe. What, who do you see as the next logical fight for you? I know you want a title shot, but if they said you had to have another fight, who would you think is the next logical? So if the if the scenario is I have to fight once more, and regardless of who it is, I get a title shot. Give me gone. Take on. Who do you think gets the next title shot? I think Francis is having something done, right? Isn't he having surgery of some sort? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who fights him next. Do they give Tui Vasa a shot uh, because he's looked good and he hasn't had one? It's interesting to see, and I'm not sure what Stipe is planning on doing. But then there's also the thing, like, we don't even know. It's not even 100% if Francis is even going to end his title. He might just walk away into boxing, which I wouldn't blame him. So right now it's a lot of, like, this is how it's been my whole uh, time in the UFC. The heavyweight division has been like a mess. It's a mess. I don't know. Before you're talking about that one, that rainy day. Right now, sunshine and rainbows <laughs> for you, Curtis. Yes, you know, sir. maybe eat some bad food, go see the Batman again. You should be on cloud nine, dude. I mean, I, it, I mean, I'll tell you right now, and all the guys we're naming, I would love to see you and Derek Lewis go at it again. Uh, and also, Tied to Avasa is not the best. You are, I would say, a horrendous matchup for him. And I love yeah. Ty. I'm not I'm much on Ty. I love his whole. I like his it's obvious. He doesn't have wrestling. I have wrestling. That's you know, it doesn't make you a bad person to oh, find out he has a hole in this game. He has a hole in this game. That's funny. Don't make you a bad person because you can't sprawl. That's <laughs> you think Curtis, you don't you don't think Ty wants that smoke though. No, I He's he's a banger. He'll take it because I know he believes in his hands. But I also believe that, like I said, I'm well-rounded. If I have to, I'll put him on his back. Yeah, but you're also in, in a bad position for that because you're you're a nightmare for any guy who's ranked higher than you. Because yeah. why would why would the number three guy, even though you're just as big a name as he is, want to have to deal with you instead of trying to get himself a title fight? Like that's a that's a, a tough tough fight. Uh, and I would I would think that if if he had to take it, he had to take it. But I would think that if he has the choice and he chose to fight you, I would think that was a stupid fight for him to take. I mean, but that's. As a part of being in the, in the UFC, that's why people are are starting to, to flop because this isn't boxing. You, you're not allowed to just avoid a, a bad action. You have to, to fight me. I'm going to be here. I got another eight years. I'm going to be here. We're going to have to fight eventually. Why not get it out of the way? And it's so nice. I mean, when it goes your way in that fashion, like, you know, you, th- you look at yourself having a five-round fight and then it ended the way you did, nice and early. Oh, that's a nice thing. Oh, I mean, it's always hit. good to have an early night. Exactly. It's always good. <laughs> look at you. I mean, does your hand even hurt? I mean, look, you don't have a mark on. No. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's worse getting to the fight than you did in the fight. That's a, that's always yeah. a good day. Did he hurt you at all? I think he landed a couple of jabs, if I remember correctly. Did, was there anything? No, that's when I, I really helped the confidence. Also, I was like, he doesn't, he doesn't have the power to really threaten me. It's like, it's like when I spar with like a light heavyweight. That's how it, if I was I was in there with a light heavyweight, even though he weighed two forty five, it just didn't have that pop. It didn't it didn't hurt. It didn't make me have to rethink. Like oh, don't know if I want to be at this range. I felt comfortable in uh, boxing range, kickboxing range, all the ranges. I didn't really have that fear. Like oh, he might drop me. No. 
I was just going to say, Jimmy, it's just not, you don't have to do this, Curtis, but if you had to give any kind of advice to, to Dacus, because he was on a roll, man, he was on a roll. And then he ran into Derek Lewis. And then right after that, he runs into you. Holy fuck. I mean, geez, talk about the wrong two guys. I mean, but again, you need to do that. You're in the UFC. You got it all comers. I mean, anything to keep, to keep his head up or anything, anything you can say. Well, yeah, I would just say, Hey, his hands are good. The work is good. He, he obviously he has the acumen. It's just the size and you, you're not going to become a heavyweight. You're, you're born a heavyweight. I've been a heavyweight my whole life. Since I was I came out the womb, I've always been a heavyweight. I don't think he has a heavyweight like a frame. Like you look at eye legs, you look at Ngano's legs, you look at that's what I do. Coming from a wrestling background, like you remember in high school when you're doing the weigh-ins, you you're iron, you're like, who's my guy? You always look at the guy's legs. Yeah. You don't have the legs. That's one thing I think about John. I know John's going to be coming up the heavyweight. I don't think he has the legs. Like he don't, he don't have the oomph behind him. So you think that maybe Dawkins, if possible, would be better served fighting at yes. light heavyweight? Yes, I think he could have an excellent UFC career another five, six years at light heavyweight. And look, and John Jones is one of the greatest fighters ever. I mean, I don't think anybody doubts that, but I, th I thought John would have a very hard time going to heavyweight and not because he's not such a skilled or great fighter, no. but up there, you know, the things are just different. And, and it just seems like everybody in the heavyweight division has one punch knockout power. It's, it's almost a prerequisite. It's like, if you're a heavyweight, you have to have the threat. It's, just, it's like being a flyweight. How can you be a flyweight if you're slow? It's just not going to work. Speed at that weight class is a prerequisite. It's just like the opposite. On the other end of the spectrum, heavyweight, power is a prerequisite. If you don't have it, it's hard to make a living at that division. Curtis, I, I wanted to save this question towards the end of our, our, our conversation here because this, this, is a, this is a hard question. If you don't want to answer it, by all means, do not answer it. The Batman with Robert Pattinson or the Dark Knight, <laughs> Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. If you had to pick one, I mean, now look, I'm not saying which one I pick. I know a lot of people go with the Batman. Maybe it's fresher in the head. People have to remember the genius, the genius work of Christopher Nolan and the and yeah. the Dark Knight. If you had to choose the better Batman movie, you can take your time. Which is it? Are we judging just the uh, Batman Begins versus the Batman, or are we judging well, the whole? Which franchise? did you? I would. Well, no, I'm not going to do the whole franchise. I would only be fair if there's a next, the sequel to this. So yeah. I'm going to say I'm saying the Dark Knight because not not which one I'm picking, but I'm going to put it up versus the Dark Knight because the Dark Knight was the more acclaimed. It was more of the. I'm not going to lie. Talk to me. I prefer the Dark Knight. Just it's not because of Batman, though. No. It's because of the Joker. Yeah, like, having a great, it's like having a great aga or a great like. Like someone of fight against, like that makes the movie better. I think um, in the Robert Pattinson one, the bad guy was um, the the Riddler, and he was okay. He was okay, but he's not the Joker. The Joker was crazy. And wasn't Heath Ledger as as that? Wasn't he the first one? Because I mean, Nicholson did a good job as the Joker. And, and I know that there's been so many villains, but wasn't he the first one? And the villain is usually going to be more interesting than the hero because the villain can do shittier things. Wasn't he the first one who took it to almost 
the letter of a level of a sociopath. Like there was no one that I think went as far away from the comic books into just doing what an actor would do with it than Heath Ledger. He, I mean, unfortunately, he he lost his mind, and, and that's amazing acting, but it had unfortunate consequences. But yeah, he the one scene in that movie I love with Heath Ledger is when he he's w- walking in on a. The mobsters having their the meeting. Yes. He just he walks in and just starts talking smack. Like, oh, you guys are having your your meetings in the middle of the afternoon because you're scared of the bat. Da, da, da. I, I love how he just walks in like he's a joker. He, right. Who is this guy? He just comes in talking shit. And then he he smacks the one dude's head into the table. And yeah. He's crazy. I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Curtis, what about in the latest one, the Batman, where we, the one we just came out, how they made like the, the criminal crim, criminal element was so like afraid or creeped out. Like in the beginning, yeah. they're looking down like the, the dark alleys. They're afraid of where the Batman is. He was like, really, they were like terrified of him. He was using fear as a tool. I don't know. I like that because this Batman is scarier. I'll give him that. He's scarier. Like he, he's going to hurt you. He's going to break your arm. Like the other Batman um, with uh, Bill, he's just going to incapacitate you. He'll hit you in the throat or he'll punch you in the gut. This Batman is going to break your arm. The fight scenes were better in this, you yes, know. Yes. And the voice. The voice was better. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I like the Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Not to mention Colin Farrell as the Penguin, too. And I just want to say, I mean, he's he was, great, am- he was good. Yeah. He was good. Bring him back. I'm Chip- glad he didn't like die bring him back i will see it matt's got me ready to watch dune i'm gonna watch dune because matt raved about dune? it you haven't yes. seen it yet yes. i have not seen it yet i watched the original i watched the one they did in like 2001 on yes. sci-fi the series I, I read the books like oh, you i love books i love Dune. you love it i tell you i i did not expect because I, I wasn't a fan of the the, the 1980s one Whatever, but uh, the the one that just came out, Dune Part One, it blew me away, and it's like my favorite movie of the year. It's that great director, also. Who's a, a Denise Denise Delvu or what? Yeah, French, French guy. guy. Amazing. Look amazing. up the, like the, director the visuals. Of Dune, people, the yeah, visuals are amazing. But uh, Dune was an amazing movie. I just thought it was just, uh, it was just so well done. And Dennis then, uh, a, a Villanova or a Villan- no, Villan- no. Villanueva? Yeah. So yeah. good, man. Well, Curtis, look, congratulations. Uh, again, a tremendous win. And I, th- I can't wait to see who's next for you. It'll, I, my prediction, just as a, a fan, is that it's going to be uh, either Tuivasa or Cyril. Uh, I don't know if Stipe is fighting again, but whoever it is, I can't wait to see you fight again. And what a great night for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me back on the show. Anytime, man. And we want you to remember us when you're eventually champion. We want you to come back <laughs> on. I got Thank you. Man. I will. <laughs> and I love talking movies with you, buddy. If something yeah. comes out sooner, if there's another big comic book movie before your next fight, you're coming on to talk about that with me. Please. Doctor Strange. I'm going to go watch that. Open it oh, up. When is that coming out? April. April. Like, and did you like, yeah. not to keep you on long, but did you like the Spider-Man No Way Home or no? That was the best. That was the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Like, I, I cried. Oh, my when God. When the died. Oh, oh man. When she died. And got me. Jimmy. What? It is true. It's very emotional. This one. Is it? 
It, it, Jimmy, yeah. you little black hard bastard. No. <laughs> little evil little bird. Hey, Curtis, Curtis, what about Curtis? What about he's gonna get this? Curtis, what about when Andrew Garfield catched MJ? Was it yeah. that? That was the moment. I was like, he needed that. He needed Dude. the redemption. Oh my redemption god. Moment. We better stop talking. Imagine I start tearing up in front of Curtis. These are very emotional. It's very emotional. I'm I'm watching two alphas get really choked up. I kind of like it because I'm usually (laughs) the one who blubbers, just not over superhero films because I haven't seen this. But I saw some of whatever the most recent Spider-Man was, um, which is the one on the Washington Monument. That was like the first one. That was like the first one. But I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. (laughs) So I'll watch these. I'll watch this one. Curtis Blades, thank you so much, and uh, thanks for making time for us, and uh, we love you, man, and we'll see you again soon, okay? No problem, man. All right. Pleasure. Okay, take care, buddy. You can't find a nicer guy in UFC than Curtis. No, it was that, bat- that Batman shirt. Some guys wear it. Oh, yeah. my God, it for me. No. He, me and him, when I brought up Dread, he knew exactly what I was talking about. Yes. I'm his friend. I'm going to DM him later and be like, what's up? No. I don't know what you say to him. (laughs) Jimmy, all right. Maybe I took it to him. We're not friends. That's funny. did an interview. You're making me cry. (laughs) All right, listen. Maybe that's being too forward. That's like showing up at the coffee shop where he's at. Hey, you want to talk about a movie? I'll save it for the next interview. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll have him back. Curtis is a great guy. And uh, also, thank for uh, thank you to Anthony uh, Cavallaro, a, a great actor and a really fun guy. But Barbara, no, look, Brian, we'll, we'll we'll have back on again. Obviously, he tried. Connection didn't work, but uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous split decision win for him over Matt Brown and Curtis Blades, just devastating over uh, Chris Dawkins. Yeah, a little bit, a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. And uh, you don't judge a book by its cover, my little friend. Sure. You, know? you think that he's a barbarian, Barbarino? And he's just a soft-spoken, nice farming guy. Hey, my family, my farm. Yep. Baba Reina, Baba Reina. All right, listen, Jimmy, what? <laughs> you know what he means sometimes to me. I love you. I so love you were asking what I want to plug. You plug first. I'll plug after you. <laughs> uh, SarahBJJ.com for a Kamora Savage t-shirt. Oh! Sorry, I didn't realize I was so... Oh, very nice. Thank you, everybody. I was showing my abs after I showed my Kimura Savage t-shirt. But yeah, dude, you want a t-shirt or a god or if you're in Long Island and you live here, don't just pop in if you don't. Now you can pop in and say hi. SarahBJJ.com. Anyway, that's me. I'm on Cameo singing happy birthday. I'm awesome. Doing video, I'm doing new video calls where they could, you know, they could set up like a FaceTime thing with me. Yeah. And I'm, I, I warned them though when I answer it, I'm going to bring back my that shit from the early fucking part of the uh, century. What's that? <laughs> Every time I'm going to answer it like that. Please do. What do you want to plug, Jimmy? Poughkeepsie, April 8, 9. I got DC coming up. I got Bridgeport, Connecticut, I just booked. I got Jim Thorpe, PA, Wilmington, Delaware. And I'm also in New Jersey, Point Pleasant, Uncle Vinny's in June. Go to jimnorton.com if you want to come see me. And uh, thank you to our guests. And uh, what a fun one. Matt, we'll talk Jimmy, to you today. It's all I can't even. I feel like I can't even wait two days. I can't wait to see you again. It will be nice. <laughs> Jimmy, talk to you soon. Goodbye, Unfiltered Army. All right. See you, pal. Bye, guys.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.